0: My name is Trevor Stevenson. I live in uh, Brides Glen, Lachmanstown, County Dublin. I grew up here on the family farm in Brides Glen. There used to be a dairy farmer who used to milk uh, 60 Frisian cows here. Today we're standing out, uh, looking out over a gate here on Junction 16 of the M50. And actually where the bridge is on Junction 16 was a field that we owned that was called the Four Acres. It was actually four Irish acres and six statute acres. When they came to survey for the m50 the drillers had to do test drilling all along the road so when they came to build the road the, the developers would have known what to face but this particular field they drilled 18 meters down and never hit a rock or a stone now the fields either side of it were very stony and rocky but this field was the field where you would always grow your potatoes your cabbages whatever it was a great field to grow crops and it's um It's kind of weird looking out now, looking at a big lump of cement and bridge on the top of it, knowing what was there before. But it was one of those fields where you always got good crops, good field to work in. That's the sort of land all farmers love to have. You know that you can put a plough into it and you know you're not going to hit rocks. You can grow anything you want to grow in it. Uh, So it's a dream for an Irish farmer. When I was farming, I wasn't one of those people that had a lot of, of wealth. But I was content with the outdoor life, being your own boss, being in tune with nature and whatever. But uh, my faith it means a lot to me. And growing up in those farming years, I felt maybe I should be doing something more. And I left farming in 88, went to theological college and ended up serving in a church in Northern Ireland. And from there went to Uganda to look at a, an agricultural project. And uh, when I went to visit this on behalf of the church who had given money to this project, I felt there was something I could do or something I should do. I felt I felt called of God to do it, to start up a farm project for this school that we had gone to, to visit. So Ruth, my wife, we went to Uganda in 1995 and we set up an agriculture project. We took on a commitment for three years. We were going to come back and continue on with life in Ireland. And if we wind the clock forward to now, we have built over 100 schools now, probably affecting 40,000 children. This latest year, one of the things we noticed when we went into a village where there was no school, there was no water, we felt we needed to drill a well. Last year I went out to uh, one of the villages up in northern Uganda where they hadn't had water ever. I I wanted to be there before the drilling team came so I was in the village just minding my own business. When the drilling rig arrived the women in particular and the men but particularly the women and the thing they started to dance they started to sing they started to clap they clapped us and danced us into the site where we started to drill they were so excited but when the water came after about a day and a half of drilling when finally we hit water and, and then we were starting to pump it ah the excitement the dancing the singing it was unbelievable and, and just to hear the stories and even see tears in old women's eyes that had been walking for miles for dirty water now at their doorstep they had a source of clean water it's something everybody should see. Some of our own staff, in uh, Ugandan staff in Uganda, they've, they started asking me questions because first we had the IMF bailout. and uh, Then when the snow came, we were more or less paralysed. We couldn't move anywhere and they were seeing all these pictures on television. And then we had no water. Pipes were frozen, the pipes were burst, especially in Northern Ireland. And uh, they were starting to wonder what sort of a country is helping them out. They thought maybe we need to come and help you guys out and bring our drilling rig over and start drilling wells for us here in Ireland. When I went to Uganda then, we bought a farm of land, eventually, 100 acres, and it was something similar to this field that I'm referring to here. The soil goes deep. The first year we grew maize, and uh, I'm a tall guy, I'm six foot three, and when I walked into the maize, I couldn't see out over the top. It was about eight feet, eight feet tall. I've still got some photographs somewhere in the house. It was, a, it was a nice project. It was easy to grow things, except the only thing was the weeds grew at the same speed. From farming here in Ireland, okay, it's it's tropical agriculture, but it, the practices are much the same. And we used to have great fun discussing various things from an Irish point of view or a Ugandan point of view. And uh, we never did anything on the farm unless there was uh, an agreement that we would what we were going to do was in agreement with both the Ugandans and and uh, myself. The local knowledge in the older folk. I mean, you need an education obviously for the younger ones, but the older folk know the seasons. They know the the local lay of the land. Um, even here in Ireland I mean we're looking out on the M50 there's a place not too far away from here and they spent an absolute fortune putting in an underpass to land where they were going to put cattle there's been no cattle on that land for the last 40 years but where did they put the underpass in a field called the bog now I think that says a lot to you when they were building the motorway I don't know what's happening there now but when they were building their motorway and I have plenty of people around who can be a witness to this there was actually a life belt on the thing in case somebody fell into this in case they drowned the water just kept seeping in from everywhere now I'm sure they've sorted it out since then but um, you need to listen to local people and what they have to say The, the, the old heads are the wise ones you know